Once you get into a groove with it, it really is the easiest way to feel full, to keep your weight in check, and to get all the new nutrients you need. So here's the question. How do runners like us remain active, get stronger, and heal from injuries without being told to stop running and create a healthy life for ourselves so we can continue to hit PRs well into our 40s and 50s? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. My name is Dr. Dwayne Scotty, physical therapist, running coach, and creator of Spark Physical Therapy, where we help active adults be able to run without aches and pains so you can feel good about yourself again. Welcome to the Healthy Runner Podcast. Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to episode 67 on the Healthy Runner podcast, and we are live within the Healthy Runner Facebook group talking about plant-based nutrition for runners with none other than the planted runner herself, Claire Bartholik from the Run to the Top podcast and Runners Connect. Welcome to the show, Claire. Hey, great to be here. Thanks for having me. I am super excited about this. I know this is a very popular topic within our Healthy Runner community, and we got a lot of questions that came in because runners want to know more about this topic. So for those of you that have been living under a rock and you don't know, Claire helps runners harness the power of their mind, optimally fuel with plant-based nutrition, and discover the joy of running their best at any age through one of the original, the OG running podcast, Run to the Top. And I'm happy to say that was the first running podcast I ever listened to myself personally. And in this episode, Claire is going to answer some common questions that we get all the time. Is plant-based diet good for runners? If a runner is following plant-based nutrition, do they need to supplement with anything else? What are good pre-run or post-run nutritional recommendations if you are plant-based runner? And then what is the deal with all the milks out there? The soy milk, <laughs> almond, coconut. I'm kind of curious about this one. Is there a better option uh, for us? So for those of you who are jumping here on the uh, Healthy Runner live stream, can you guys do me a favor and just type in live into the comment box? And if you're catching the replay, just type in replay and we'll be able to give you a shout out. So Claire, we're going to get started with our dynamic warm up. This is the first question we ask all our guests. So tell us, where are you from and what do you do? Well, I uh, live in Asheville, North Carolina, um, but I'm actually originally from outside of Chicago. And as you mentioned in the intro, I am a running and nutrition coach and I am a podcast host. Well, that is that is fantastic. And we were talking uh, before we jumped on here and I said, your weather is definitely much warmer than it is up here in the Northeast right now. So I'm a little bit jealous. Now I did a little bit of research because like I said, I've been, you know, listening to your podcast episodes um, during my runs and I've checked out your website and I've read that you are a sub three hour marathoner and master's champion, which by the way is super impressive. Um, <laughs> so I would assume most of us would assume you've been running your whole life. Is that correct? Well, not really. <laughs> um, I, well, the first time I started running, I um, was 14 years old and my dad who, my, my dad was a lifetime jogger. So he would run three miles every other day 
and you know just jog never race never compete and that was what he did for fitness and um he uh, decided to sign up for Outward Bound, which is, um, I don't know if you're aware of what it is, but it's like an adventure, um, not a vacation, but an adventure trip in Colorado. And he came back from, you know, this amazing adventure and I wanted to do it too. And he said, well, I have to warn you, you, you have to run 13 miles and I'm 14 years old. And I'm like, okay, well, this is what I want to do. And so I popped in the Top Gun soundtrack into my Walkman. <laughs> <laughs> and just about every day that summer, I ran. And by the time I went and did Outward Bound, I um, finished the half marathon faster than anybody in my group, faster than the boys. <laughs> and, and I have no idea what time it was. I mean, it was slow. I definitely remembered walking. Um, and the funny thing is that that Outward Bound was in Asheville, North Carolina, outside of it. I had no idea that I would be back to Asheville, and I had no idea that I would be back to running, but both of those things happened. Um, I did join the track team in high school, but uh, quit after my first meet where I got last place. <laughs> so that was the, the only amount of uh, track running that I did. And it really wasn't until um, my late 30s when I picked it up again. Nice. And what was it that led you to? So I also started running my th early 30s, 32 after my hip surgery. Okay. But what uh, was it that led you to take up running in your late 30s? Well, honestly, it was vanity. <laughs> I uh, was about to go to my high school reunion and I wanted to look good. So I knew that running would make that happen. And so I would go out and, you know, run and, you know, just try to lose a little bit of weight. And it worked. And I hated every second of it. Absolutely hated it. But something kind of shifted after the, um, I went to the reunion, I thought I looked great. And, but I just somehow just wanted to keep running. And so there was a half marathon that fall and I wanted to do it. I had actually run um, it in my twenties. That was my other little, little taste of running as I ran a half marathon once in my twenties. And I wanted to um, see if I could do better than I, than I did, you know, 10 or 15 years earlier. And I did, and I was hooked. And from then, you know, so after I ran my first half marathon, I was like, well, I'm going to run the Boston Marathon. <laughs> and that didn't quite happen in that order, but eventually it did. <laughs> yeah. And you crushed your Boston and you've done, you've qualified a bunch of times since then, right? Yeah. Yeah, I have. I didn't, I didn't qualify my first time, but I did every other marathon after that. And I just um, took a deep, hard dive into running, absolutely fell head over heels with running, um, with marathoning. Um, you know, my very first marathon, I got a uh, 402 is when I, is what I finished in. And the last marathon I did, I got a 258. So big improvement. <laughs> that is super impressive. That yeah. is super impressive. Um, yeah, we got a lot of folks jumping on here on the live here. Stacy's here. Another Claire is here uh, from Cyprus. Uh, Rachel, who was on our show last, is here. And uh, Scott's here. And Scott says, happy to be here. Plants rule. 
So I'm, <laughs> I'm sure you Absolutely. would agree with that. And I do like Absolutely. the plants in your background that you have there. So. Yes, yes. It's not just plants that you eat. I'm an avid gardener. I'm the crazy plant lady. I have tons and tons of plants around the house. I, I love caring for plants, growing plants, eating plants. I'm just, I'm, I am literally that crazy, crazy plant lady. <laughs> I love it. I love yeah. it. Um, so currently, what is your favorite uh, race distance that you like to train for nowadays? Well, I'm not training for anything right now. I have, um, after, after the marathon, um, my sub two, I, I had been gunning so hard for this. I mean, it really was it, not even a second job. I mean, it eventually became my job, you know, and I was just so focused. It was everything I ever wanted, it seemed, you know, and that's all I wanted to do. And I promised myself that once I got it, I could stop. And I did. <laughs> I think I ran one more half after that. I ran a, a really good half after that. But then I was just like, you know what? I'm going to take a break. I, you know, started a new relationship, found the love of my life. I really wanted to enjoy running with him. And, and we do, we love to run together, but he's not, a, you know, a trained runner. He's a lot better now since he's met me. That's for sure. <laughs> but just not, you know, you know what I mean? Just, just someone who's really fit, but not really into the performance aspect of it. And that's, more of my style right at the moment. I will, I, I'm never going to say never. I think there will be a race in the future for me at some point, but right now my real passion is helping others achieve their goals and their dreams. You know, I know what it takes to train and work really hard for a big, crazy, silly, scary goal. And now I get to do that at scale, I get to help others do that, which is so, honestly, it's so much more fun and so much more rewarding than anything that I got just for myself. So that right now is where my passion is. It's where my joy is. I still run almost every day, but it's not to get some time or, you know, knock something off my bucket list. It's, I run because I love running right now. So, you know, it turns out with the pandemic, worked out pretty well, you know, no races. So <laughs> I don't have to feel like I'm missing out. Um, it did. But Your yeah, timing was perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The timing was uh, definitely perfect. And I know, isn't it just such a great feeling when you see other runners accomplish, like I'm sure, you know, what you went through and you can take other runners there. I just think about, we just finished up our kind of first three months of the year that we had a specific like strength training program for a healthy runner community. And just seeing so many runners go through that strength program that, you know, personally I was doing by myself in the gym, kind of strength training in order to run and, you know, by myself essentially. And now that I've shared that with others and like to see their improvements and to see that they're running stronger, running faster, like that brings me so much more joy than I ever got from just like doing it myself. Right. Exactly. And accomplishing those things uh, for myself. So I can relate. Uh, I definitely cannot relate to running Boston, but who knows, <laughs> maybe one day, maybe you can coach me to yeah. uh, become, get a BQ. Um, yeah. So what do you consider your kind of three crucial components to runners being successful with ever, whatever their running goals are? Well, there's, I, I do have three pillars of training that I try to impart with every one of my athletes. And um, obviously the training, you have to have solid training. Um, and, you know, we can go into the nitty gritty details of all of these in just a minute. Um, the second is nutrition. 
if you are not fueling properly, either too much, not enough, or all the wrong stuff, that will definitely impact your performance. And the third one, I think, is the one that is most missed by, you know, conventional training plans is mindset. You cannot do this without changing your mind. So that is something that absolutely needs work. It needs practice, exercise, training, just like your muscles, just like your stomach. So those are the three things that I work on specifically with all my runners. Wow. I love that. And yeah, I have not seen that described in that fashion before. I think we all know how important mindset is. And we actually are doing a half marathon training, like group, you know, team program right now. And we just had our coach Latoya talk about mindset as like a in-depth training. But the fact that you've prioritized that as like one of your pillars, I love that because it does matter so much and it's so important. And I find that that is a huge roadblock for many runners out there. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I would say, you know, marathon training or any kind of specified training is, has a lot of metaphors to life, you know, and when you're doing anything hard, your brain wants to stop you. You know, your brain is, is designed to prevent you from hurting yourself. And so when you cross that line, or at least nudge up to that line of, of difficulty, of effort, your brain wants to pull you back. And so if you don't know how to talk to your brain, <laughs> then you will always give in to that voice. And in the brain can be really sneaky. Sometimes that voice is really kind and sweet. Sometimes that voice makes a lot of sense. You know, running really hard, really fast for no reason other than a t-shirt is, you know, that's obviously that's silly. Why do we do that? But, you know, so you've got to talk, you learn how to recognize the thoughts in your brain and learn how to work with them so that you can get your, get your dream goals, the ones that you're pushing for. I love that. And for those that are here on the live stream, by the way, drop any of your questions that you have for Claire in the comment box. And I'm going to do my best to, to catch up on the comments and be able to field some of those questions. There's a bunch of you that submitted some questions in advance. So if we have time, we're going to be getting to those questions, but let's get into today's topic, Claire, of plant-based fueling and running is, so let's start with this first off, <laughs> is plant-based the same as vegan? And I, I kind of giggle as I asked that because I wasn't sure myself. Okay. That's a, that is a great question. So, um, <laughs> basically the definition of vegan is, is defined by what they don't eat or use or buy. So a vegan is someone who does not eat or use any animal products. So you don't have leather car seats, you don't wear leather shoes, um, and you don't eat anything that comes from an animal and you know very strict vegan won't even eat honey because that was made by an insect so a very strict so vegans is all about what they don't eat now you can be a vegan and live on oreos and potato chips that is a vegan diet <laughs> not necessarily one that i would recommend so a plant-based diet is, um, well, so if, if someone says they're plant-based, that means their diet is based in plants, but that doesn't mean that they don't eat dairy ever, or they don't eat meat ever, or they don't eat eggs ever. It means that they, they, they mostly eat plants. Their diet is based in plants. So a whole foods plant-based diet 
means that you don't eat the Oreos and you don't eat the potato chips, or at least not too much. <laughs> but, um, you know, so there's what I am is I am a strict plant-based eater, whole foods. So I don't eat any dairy, any eggs, anything from an animal. Honey, I'm not quite as concerned about. Um, I, I eat this way because of health. I don't eat this way strictly because of the animals. But as I learn more, as I've been on this journey for nine years, and so as I learn more about the impacts of animal agriculture on obviously the animals, it's pretty horrific, and the environment, um, it kind of just checks all the boxes for me. But but I am primarily um, whole foods, plant-based because of, of health. So I'm an herbivore. <laughs> that's, that's the easiest way to describe it. You know, I, I eat lots of plants and, and try not to eat too many processed foods. Nice. Thank you for clarifying mm -hmm. that. And I love how you brought it back to health because that's what we're all about here on the Healthy Runner podcast. And I'm sure that was helpful for many because I myself sometimes get confused. Um, so sure. thank you for the clarification. So is a plant-based diet good for runners, would you say? Well, obviously I'm going to say that. <laughs> I was plant-based before I was a serious runner. And so, you know, I used, uh, I fueled everything that I've ever done just on plants in my, you know, journey running. So yes, um, basically, I don't think there's too many people, no matter what kind of diet you eat, there's not too many people that would say that you shouldn't eat a lot of plants. I mean, pretty much, except for like the pure carnivores out there, pretty much most people are going to say fruits and vegetables are good for you. I don't think there's a ton of argument there. Some people can talk about fruit and that, um, you know, eating more plants is generally a good idea. Generally, most people think that's, that's healthy, right? Um, and then you, we can go into the specifics of, um, of the diet and why it's important and how it can feel runners if you'd like, and just, you know, just let me know. <laughs> yeah, I guess um, the, the big thing that sticks out in my mind, just from like a true physiology standpoint and just knowing how important protein is for muscle recovery, runners mm -hmm. obviously use their muscles a lot and we need to recover after hard effort sessions. So- Absolutely. Are there, there are options and I'm sure we'll get into those, um, where you can be plant-based, but still get that protein intake that, that is needed. Absolutely. So, so the protein thing is, first of all, every plant contains protein. So if you are eating enough calories and as if you're a highly active runner, if you are eating the ad adequate amount of calories, um, you, you are getting at least the minimum required, um, amount of protein. So but then, you know, the next question is, well, I don't want to get the minimum. I want the optimum, right? So, you know, even the Kenyans, you know, uh, if, if you've studied their diets at all, they eat something like 75, 77% carbohydrates. And most of their, um, a lot of it is sugar in their tea, you know, and these are the best runners in the world. And so, you know, the other, maybe they're getting 10 to 15% protein. And these are the fastest people on the planet. So they are getting enough protein. Now they do eat a little bit of meat. They're not, they're not 100% plant-based. But if we're talking about macronutrients, not the types of foods, it's clear if you just look at that example that you don't need a ton of protein to be a fast runner. 
Okay. Um, and there's there's tons of ways if you are looking to increase your protein intake, because there are reasons for doing that. Um, and you absolutely can do it on a plant-based diet. It just takes a little bit of paying attention to, but then again, this is the Healthy Runner podcast. You, we are paying attention to these things. And so I can tell you how to do that. Okay, great. And I, I, I think, you know, our audience members would definitely love some of the suggestions and we'll get into that. But I guess one thing that I was wondering was, if we're following a plant-based nutrition um, or diet, so to speak, do we need to supplement with anything else besides eating the whole foods that you mentioned? Um, yes, you do. And, but it's probably things that most people, even if you do eat meat, should be supplementing with anyway. So the first thing um, that you should supplement with is B12, vitamin B12. So that is something that our bodies don't make and that we have to get from food. And it's um, created from a bacteria in the soil. And so when like a cow eats grass, it eats that bacteria too. And the B12 shows up in its meat. Well, we have stripped our soils so bad in um, modern agriculture that even that cow is not getting as much B12 as it used to get. So it's, it's starting to become more prevalent in meat eaters that they are deficient in B12. So, you know, unless you want to go out and eat some dirty produce, <laughs> which I don't really want to do, um, you can supplement with B12, very cheap, very effective. And um, I, I have heard that many runners, regardless of diet, are actually deficient in vitamin B12. So that is something that you can supplement with. Um, other things that you might want to supplement with are um, vitamin D, if you're not getting enough. Um, you may want to supplement with omegas, so omega-3s omega specifically, and you can get a vegan um, algae supplement to do that, or you can drink flax milk, which is what I do. So flax seeds are really high in um, omega-3s. Uh, I would say that the omegas from um, flax are not as easily uh, digested as you would get from fish. So you do have to actually ingest more of them. But if you make it just a habit, then it's really not a big deal. Um, what else? Some runners, regardless of diet, have to supplement with iron. Um, but I would not recommend that anybody do that without a blood test first, because um, there are certain people that actually have iron levels that are naturally too high. And if you supplement with iron um, without knowing your status, you, um, it becomes toxic. Um, so don't do that without a blood test. But I would say that many runners, again, regardless of diet, um, and more often women, will need to supplement with iron, especially um, uh, pre-menopausal or uh, menopausal women. Um, once you go past menopause, you might not need as much iron, but that is something again, that a blood test, uh, will tell you. But other than that, if you are eating lots of fresh fruits and vegetables and whole grains, nuts and seeds and legumes, if you're covering your bases with something from all of those, uh, groups every single day, nutritionally, you're doing better than almost anybody. Wow. Okay. That's good to know. And mm -hmm. thank you for bringing up all of those vitamin B12. We talked about our omegas. We talked about iron and then the safety of that and making sure that you do have your blood tested 
Um, mm-hmm. So, and then vitamin D. And then of course, definitely probably during the darker winter months, I would imagine vitamin D yeah. needed. Yeah. Okay. I, you know, we runners, you, you know, we are outside more than most people, I would say, you know, and we're, you know, wearing short shorts and sports bras and stuff. So we have, we have our skin exposed. So in a way we probably are a little bit safer than the average sedentary person who's on the couch, but I'm hoping that you're going to be wearing sunscreen <laughs> and sunscreen does block a little bit of the vitamin D absorb, you know, creation. So, um, again, if you're getting your blood tested anyway, go ahead and get it checked for vitamin D. Excellent advice. So just uh, checking in here, uh, Coach Latoya is here on the live. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, Scott says that he listened to three segments of your Run to the Top podcast on his run today on my recommendation. And uh, he, he loves your podcast. And he heard one uh, from Jeff Galloway, uh, weight loss mm. and the new African-American marathon record holder. So uh, great information, he says, uh, solid interviewer. So he's all about promoting your podcast here. Um, great. So if we can take one question before, because I saw a couple fly by me. Um, if someone's transitioning. So Christy wants to know what's the best way to transition to a plant-based lifestyle. There's so much information out there. It's hard to know how best to attack it. Any recommendations on kind of transitioning to a plant-based lifestyle? I love that question. Who is it from? You said Christy, is that right? Correct. Okay. I love that question because it's, it's going to be different for everybody. So the first thing is to ask yourself a question and is it, are you an all or nothing person or are you a gradual person? For me, I'm an all or nothing person and having things black and white makes life so much simpler. I have fewer decisions to make. So when I say I don't eat anything other than plants that makes it easier to, you know, pass on the ice cream or whatever. But I, I recognize that that approach doesn't work for everybody. Some people find that jumping in the pool feet first all at once is too challenging for many people. So what I would do is ease in slowly. So the first thing to do is figure out why you're doing this. So you have to really have a strong why. So, you know, do you believe in the health benefits or are you, you know, is it environmental? Is it whatever it is? What, it, what, why are you doing this? Have a really solid why. Once you figure that out to transition it into it, I would start by eliminating the four-legged animals. <laughs> so try to stay away from beef and pork. Um, once you can do that, if that's no big deal, then you can move on to the two-legged. So maybe pass on the chicken and the turkey. And then after that, go ahead and say goodbye to the fish. And then after that, you will climb the hardest mountain you will ever climb. And that is giving up cheese. <laughs> cheese is made to be delicious and powerful. <laughs> so giving up cheese can be the hardest thing out of anything. You know, it might be easy to pass on the hot dog, but then, you know, who cares about that? But the cheese is going to be tough. So the way to, to, the way to do that, the way to stop eating cheese is, is find some really good substitutes that give you the same thing that cheese does. So, you know, what is cheese? Cheese is that unami. Cheese is salty. Cheese is fatty. Cheese is rich and smooth in your mouth. You know, so what, what is something else that can give you that same thing? It will never, ever be cheese. I don't care if you're the greatest vegan cheese maker on earth. It will never be exactly the same. 
and that is okay. You can make amazing, delicious sauces and cheese substitutes out of cashews, out of almonds, um, even I've got this great recipe for one out of potatoes, if you can believe it, that makes an incredible nacho cheese sauce just to die for. And it's like mostly potatoes and carrots. So, so there are ways to do it. Just familiarize yourself with some recipes. And my, my last piece of advice is when you are trying to um, go whole foods plant-based, give yourself a break. <laughs> don't make it so scary healthy that your kids won't eat it. You know, don't make it so weird. And so, you know, don't bring your nut loaf to, <laughs> to the potluck whenever we're allowed to have a potluck. Don't be that weirdo. Okay. <laughs> make it taste good and make it be normal because it's going to feel like it's not normal. It's going to feel weird. Like it's, it's going to feel like you're the odd person out. And, and sometimes that'll happen, but I promise promise you that you can make things absolutely delicious and wonderful and you will fool not not fool but you will convince anybody who's an omni that it's just it's just good food like just make good food don't make it try to be something else like don't make a bunch of fake stuff that's trying to be like something you can't have because you can have anything so make your food be the best it can be for itself. Not, not like trying to pretend. <laughs> so I, I hope that it. helps. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I'm sure that's going to help uh, Christy out for sure. And we might have to have you drop that uh, nacho recipe in our healthy runner Facebook oh, yeah. group. <laughs> Cause yeah, that sounds sure. delicious. <laughs> for sure. Now, Let's get into fueling because okay. as you know, obviously for running, we need fuel to yep. help us get to the finish line. And yep. if we were a plant-based, what are some good actionable pre-run? Let's talk before either the race, before your long run, what are some good pre-run foods that can help runners fuel who are following a plant-based diet? Well, I would say that most people, regardless of their right. lifestyle, are not eating, you know, a big meat burrito or a cheeseburger right before their run, right? So most people actually are vegan while they're running. Um, so that should tell you something right there. Um, but my pre-race um, suggestions are, first of all, figure out what's right for you and then stick with it and never, ever, ever change it. <laughs> Um, for me, that was always um, like toast with peanut butter was, was my big thing. So two slices of whole wheat toast um, with peanut butter on top would be before my long run. Some people love oatmeal and bananas. Um, oatmeal never did it for me, but um, toast always sat really, really well. Um, for a marathon, I would probably up it even more. I would do like a big bagel or something like that two, three hours before the race. Um, I always suggest that you find something that is really portable that you can have if you are planning on doing a race out of town or something that you can always rely on no matter what. So um, one of the go-to things for me was uh, there's a company, uh, Nature's Valley or Nature's Own, I can't remember, but anyway, they make these little fig bars. They're kind of like fig Newtons. And those I could eat like literally on the starting line and they would never upset my stomach. So. I recommend finding something that is just a go-to that you know just never will ever upset your stomach. So that's a lot of experimentation, but um, and it'll be different for everybody. But once you find what's right for you, stick with it. 
Good point indeed. And yes, I think you are correct that most runners are probably having those carbs right before they run. They should be. They shouldn't be having heavy fatty or um, protein-based food before. But how about now after? So after the run is over, what are some okay. good post-run, post-race strategies that you help your kind of planted runners with? Okay, well, first of all, it depends on what you just did. So if you just did your easy run and, you know, just jogged around the neighborhood for a little bit and this is a normal run for you, um, you might not need to eat anything. You know, you need to hydrate. You definitely need to drink some water, but you might not need to eat anything, especially if you were fueled before the run. So a lot of people think, oh my God, I need to recover. I need to like stuff my face full of food because I just ran two miles. You know, if two miles is really hard for you, yes, you probably do. If two miles is nothing for you, then you might not need to uh, refuel. Um, you do need to refuel on any effort that is longer than an, about 60 to 90 minutes, if it's a long, easy run, or if you did a track style workout that is longer than roughly 30 to 45 minutes, you will probably want to refuel. So if you have timed your run to be right before a meal, just go ahead and eat your normal meal, you know? And then the normal foods that you eat, as long as they're, um, you know, a variety of whole foods will probably give you everything you need um, to recover and replenish. You don't have to eat anything special just because you did a workout. Now, if you um, ran in between meals, then, and it's gonna be like a couple hours or before your next scheduled meal, then yeah, you are gonna want to probably put something in, in, your, in your tank. So for that, um, I uh, go by the kind of four to one ratio. So four grams of carbs to about a gram of protein roughly, and you don't need to measure any of this out. But so in order to do that on a, a plant-based diet, the easiest thing to do is a handful of nuts and a piece of fruit. So the nuts will give you all the protein that you need and the fruit will replenish your carbohydrates and will give you, um, both of them will actually give you fiber, which is not talked about enough. Um, runners definitely need fiber, um, especially after the run. Too much fiber before the run can be um, troublesome on your GI tract for some people. So having it after the run is a great time to get it in. But so I would, uh, you know, love to have uh, an apple uh, with, you know, a handful of mixed nuts or something like that. Um, seeds are a good choice. So if you like tahini, then some hummus and carrots would be a good snack after a run. Um, and if you're talking about, hey, you just ran a marathon, what should you eat right after the run? It, the answer is anything you want. <laughs> you just ran a marathon. Eat whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> and whatever your stomach can tolerate, right? Because exactly. most people don't want to eat right after right when they finish and yeah. it's just necessary <laughs> to kickstart that recovery process. Okay. Mm -hmm. So a handful of nuts is a good option for your protein after a run. Yep. Um, any other go-tos besides nuts? If, uh, so you mentioned like hummus. So some, yeah. Yeah. So hummus is, um, it has tahini in it and tahini is made from sesame seeds. So 
if you're allergic to nuts, go for the seeds. So you can do pumpkin seeds, sesame seeds, uh, sunflower seeds are a great choice if you can't do nuts. If you don't want to go in that direction at all, there's, um, you know, get into, you can get in the savory side um, with peas. Um, you can do beans and rice. So have a bean, bean and rice burrito with some avocado on top, some salsa. You know, there's, there's a million different combinations out there. But basically, you just want to make, you know, and, you know, the body's smarter than we think it is. You know, a lot of people say, oh, you've got this 30 minute window. We've got to we've got to fuel immediately. Well, your your body is going to take the food when you give it to it. You know, it's not going to just reject your food or something. So, yes, if you are not hungry after a run drink something, wait a little while and eat when you're ready, or hopefully you're ready for a meal and you can actually eat some real food without having to worry about what kind of snack should I be eating? Just eat some real food. Just eat some real food. I love <laughs> yeah. that. Yes. It's too simple, right? <laughs> I know. We runners like to overcomplicate things. We really do. Just just eat some beans and rice. <laughs> there <you laughs> Throw you go. some greens in there. Beans and rice and greens. You're good. <laughs> love it. And all right. Let's let's get down to this milk issue because let's do I, it. Let's do it. <laughs> I and I can share my personal. This is more of a personal question. I don't know if any of you out there also okay. have this question, but I I'm lactose intolerant, so mm-hmm. obviously um, non dairy. So I started using soy milk, and then I started reading a couple of things, and maybe soy isn't that good for males, especially, and then went to almond milk. And now I do coconut milk. And then now you mentioned a fourth one out there that I could possibly be having, which is flax milk, right? Flaxseed yep. milk. Okay. Yep. What and is then, the deal with all and, these milks? <laughs> and then there's pea protein milk and then there's um, cashew milk. And I mean, there's, there's whatever you want. There's a milk for it. Right. So, okay. So you have to decide what you're using the milk for. So are you just using milk as like a liquid on your cereal? Then, you know, it really doesn't matter. But if you're trying to get something out of that milk, if you were trying to replace what cow's milk actually gives you. So what what is the point of drinking cow's milk? Well, it has protein and it has calcium and it has some other things, but let's not worry about that. Um, so protein and calcium are the big things that we're told. That's why we have to have to drink milk, right? Um, so on a vegan diet or plant-based diet, sometimes it can be challenging to get enough calcium unless you're eating a bunch of greens, which you should be, um, you know, tons of broccoli, bok choy, all anything really dark green will give you a lot of calcium. So you can do that um, and you can do it very well on a plant-based diet. But for most people, I would say hedge your bets by drinking a fortified plant milk. And it can be whatever milk you like whatever tastes good to you, whatever your budget has, you know, there's macadamia milk out there. That's ridiculously, ridiculously expensive, but oh my God, is it good? Um, (laughs) So, you know, choose one that you like and, you know, so, and, and do, you should, if you're not getting a ton of calcium, um, especially women, you want to get your calcium uh, somehow. And the plant-based milk is a great way to do that. Now, if you're looking to increase your protein intake, you're going to want to look at milk that actually has some protein in it. So almond milk doesn't have any protein in it, maybe one gram or something like that. And unless it's fortified with a different kind of protein, um, rice milk has hardly has any protein in it. Um, So you would be using those milks 
because you get your protein other places. Um, but there are some great milks that taste wonderful. There's one, uh, I think the brand name is Ripple and that's made out of peas and it tastes delicious and has all the protein of milk. So um, you'd mentioned protein before, if someone is trying to increase their protein intake, and there are reasons you might want to do that beyond just, um, you know, reaching your minimum protein intake. But if you wanted to do that, a fortified plant milk that does have some kind of protein in it is a good choice. Um, and, you know, you mentioned soy. Is soy bad for you? Is soy bad for males? The answer is no. Uh, soy does contain um, what's called a phytoestrogen. And so people look at that and they think, oh my God, I'm drinking estrogen. Isn't that a woman hormone? Am I gonna grow man boobs because I'm drinking soy milk? And I would say, look at Rich Roll, uh, look at Scott Jurek, you know, big proponents, big soy eaters. Um, but I would tell you, I personally don't drink soy milk. And the reason I don't drink soy milk is because I eat soy foods in other places. So I eat tofu, I eat tempeh. Uh, sometimes I have edamame. So I really believe in a variety of food sources. So I don't think that I need to add extra soy. I don't think you want to drink, you know, anything too much. So I would prefer to do something else. I would prefer to, um, I'm, you know, currently I'm drinking flax milk and I, I love it. And, um, it's the kind that I love is uh, fortified with peas. So it gets, um, there's some pea protein in it. And so it has just as much protein as milk. And um, so anyway, getting a variety of sources. So can too much soy be bad for you? Sure, too much of anything can be bad for you. Too much spinach can be bad for you if you can believe it. Um, but so, I would say no. One serving a day of of soy is is actually proven to be healthy for everybody, regardless of gender. And you won't get man boobs, I promise. <laughs> okay, thank you, thank you for <laughs> alleviating that fear that I had. So now I know. But we do eat edamame. We love it as a family. Edamame. Mm -hmm. Who doesn't like edamame, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So now. We had a couple uh, questions come in from our listeners, and uh, one of them I thought was a really good one is um, from our actual uh, registered dietitian. She's been on the show before, uh, Jen Giles. Um, she wanted to know um, what's the best way to handle eating out as a plant-based runner. So she says, for example, you run 15 miles on a Saturday, and then you go out to eat with friends, and you are starving, and the menu is super limited. A house salad is not cutting it after a 15 miler. And it seems that most other vegetarian choices are really high in fat. Any tips at all that you have for your runners? Well, this certainly can be an issue. And I will say it is getting better in most places, but sometimes it is going to be challenging for sure. So regardless of, you know, what, you know, diet you eat, you should be prepared to refuel after your 15 miles. You know, you should have that to go, you know, snack in your bag. You should have it in your car. You know, this is a time where you really could rely on a packaged product. You know, Cliff makes um, a really good builder's bar that has 20 grams of protein, you know, 220 calories, something like that. Like that should be your 
break in case of emergency kind of thing. And you eat that before you go to the restaurant. But anyway, so anybody who is running that many miles, you, you have to think ahead. Um, but specifically for plant-based eaters, going to a restaurant can be a little challenging, but what you can do, if there's nothing off the menu that, that is 100% vegan um, or plant-based, what you can do is look, read the menu and look at the ingredients. So if you are at a Mexican restaurant, you know, you can always have beans and rice. Actually, Mexican's really easy. There's, you know, just say no cheese and make sure there's no lard in the beans, which you might not want anyway. Um, just ask for black beans on the side. And, you know, there's tons of things that you can eat there. Um, if you're going to an Asian place, you know, there's not a whole lot of dairy at Asian places. They will always have tofu. So there's always going to be a choice at an Asian restaurant. Indian. So, I mean, Indian is mostly vegetarian, so you can get a ton of things. So many of your non-stereotypical American uh, type restaurants, it's going to be much easier than if you go to something that's quote unquote American. Those sometimes can be a little bit more challenging, but look at the menu ingredients and ask if you can make something. I guarantee you, you're not going to be the first person to ask. And the more people that ask, the more likely the menu is to change. So be very sweet. Don't, don't be annoying, but be that, you know, just be very sweet to the waiter or uh, wait, the server and say, hey, I'm super hungry. And I actually, I don't eat meat or dairy. Is there something that you can help me with? And just be nice about it. And a lot of the time, the chef is actually excited to make something different. You know, they've been making the same thing over and over again. They're happy to create something for you. So there's, there's always options out there. You might have to be a little bit creative and you know what? You might have to be the one that suggests a restaurant, you know? So um, doesn't mean you have to be rude, but just look, you know, there's lots and more and more places, especially if you're in bigger cities, there's so many places that accommodate you. There's always something that you can eat without being, you know, super weird about it. So I think be nice and they're really, they're going to accommodate you. Nice. And yeah, Latoya says that we eat Indian at least twice a month because of the ease of plant-based options. Uh, so Latoya is a plant-based runner as well. And uh, Claire says that she uses the Happy Cow app. And oh, that's good too. Yeah. Her friends go somewhere where uh, she can eat happy. And then Latoya agrees that she loves that app as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nice. So good suggestions uh, on there. And our friend, uh, Jamie Miles from our wonderful sponsor, Knox Gear, um, actually submitted a question as well. And she was wondering if there's any ideas for someone who has food allergies to milk, banana, and avocado. It seems that a lot of the great fueling ideas involve either bananas or avocados. <laughs> so any kind of food choices for someone in her situation? Okay, well, it sounds like she's trying to make smoothies or something. So the milk <laughs> the, the milk question we've kind of uh, gone over. So there's a billion different kinds of milk out there. Just choose your favorite. So can't do nuts, then you can do coconut. If you can't do coconut, you can do flax. You can do, you know, soy. There's lots of choices on milk. So milk is super easy to avoid. Um, bananas, again, it depends on what you're using the banana for. If you're, if you're using a banana just to eat straight, choose another fruit. <laughs> you know, I loved um, medjool dates. 
Uh, one of, you know, we talked earlier about recovery food. So the perfect recovery snack is taking a medjool date and you peel out the um, seed and the inside, and then you fill it with the nut butter and then you just pop it in your mouth. It's absolute heaven. And again, it's the nuts and the fruit. So um, it balances you out right there. Um, if you're trying to use the banana in baking, there's lots of other choices. Um, applesauce actually is a good sub for banana in like making muffins and pancakes, things like that. Um, and avocado. So <laughs> avocado, I don't think that there's any replacement for an avocado. So, you know, if you're trying to make guacamole with an avocado, I don't, without avocado, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> But I think avocado is actually really easy to avoid. Um, it didn't used to be a really common part of our diet, you know, historically. So most people have avoided avocado and done just fine. So again, it depends on what you were trying to do. So if you're trying to make, you know, a, a spicy kind of savory sauce for your burrito or for your nachos. Again, you can use cashews. You can do the potato thing I talked about earlier. There's lots of good substitutions. It just really depends on exactly what you're using it for. Okay. Very good. Thank you for the clarification. So a couple more questions from our uh, listeners. We're going to go rapid fire style here. So okay. what is a good um, go-to fuel for long runs that we haven't talked about, Jody would like to know. Okay. So I know one of your sponsors is you can, so I think you can is a great choice. I have come up with a homemade you can recipe and, um, you can find that on my website at theplanetrunner.com. And instead of using cornstarch, I actually use tapioca starch. I find it's a little less chalky and you can flavor it however you like. So um, I find that when I'm running hard, I can't chew anything. Um, so I need drinking is much better and gels have always upset my stomach. So I find that the starch-based products um, are much easier on my stomach. They go down better and they, they work for me. I will say they don't work for everybody. You know, you, again, you've got to find what works for you and, uh, what fuels you the best. And that means, you know, sometimes it's not going to work and you're going to have a bad run, but when you find that perfect fuel, stick with it. Okay. And then Susan wants to know what is a typical or maybe a go-to sample meal that you would, or a sample meal plan to kind of get started um, for runners looking to go plant-based? Okay, so the way I make all my meals is, um, I first of all, I think about a cuisine that I want. So again, like choosing a restaurant, do I want Indian? Do I want Mexican? Do I want Thai? Do I want something, you know, more American? Do I want pasta? You know, I think about, I think about the flavoring first. So where do you want this food to take you? Think about that first. Once you get that, then I look at the starch or the whole grain next. So um, build, build your base off of that. So that could be rice, potatoes, quinoa, millets, uh, you can get crazy, buckwheats, it can be um, chickpea pasta, whatever, whatever you want to make as your base, that's where I start. And then I move, once I got that, I moved to um, the protein. So that could be beans, tofu, tempeh, quinoa is a complete protein. Um, any kind of soy is, um, is a complete protein. Um, beans, any kind of legumes, 
when they are mixed with the whole grain, that's a complete protein. So a complete protein is one that has all the essential amino acids. Um, and so you want to make sure that you are getting protein every meal and runners especially need to make sure they are. But I would say protein is important more than just muscle building. Protein is important for um, feeling fuller longer. And um, if you're interested in weight loss, protein can be a good tool for that as well in some people. Um, anyway, so you, got, uh, so you got your protein and then the rest of your plate needs to be your veggies. So I would say a plate with 50% veggies, 25% whole grains and 25% um, uh, protein is a perfect plate. Nice. Awesome. So hopefully that's helpful for you, Susan. And then any post-run snack ideas that we haven't mentioned that you can think of? I know Aubrey was wanting to know about uh, post-run snack ideas. Yeah, we. I mean, we kind of touched base on all my favorites. So hummus and veggies and, and a medjool date stuffed with nut butter or seed butter. So you can't do nuts, get some tahini and drizzle that over a medjool date. I mean, literally takes 30 seconds to make that and boom. Um, a medjool date, actually, it works great before a run too. That's another one of the things that is easy on my stomach. So I, if, if I'm just a little bit hungry and I know I'm going to get hungry throughout my run, if I pop in one of those, I know I'm good to go. Nice. Excellent. So we're getting down to the final stretch here, Claire. And if you could change one thing about the misconception of plant-based fueling for runners, what would that be? Hmm. Say that I that it's difficult and expensive, and it's not. So most people think it's difficult, it's hard to figure out, it's expensive. So what what is cheaper than beans and rice? I mean, nothing, right? So beans, rice, and greens, you're good to go. Um, it does not have to be expensive. Um, meat and cheese is really expensive if it, you know if that is the majority of your diet. So. Um, it doesn't like, like running, you do have to pay attention to things, but it doesn't have to be complicated. And, um, you know, it's a really easy way. Once, once you get into a groove with it, there is a learning curve, just like with anything, but once you get into a groove with it, it really is the easiest way to feel full, to keep your weight in check and to get all the new nutrients you need. Nice. And it can actually keep us fueled for our runs. So that is absolutely and win, I, like, win, win. And like I said, it already does. Like most runners are vegans when they run before <laughs> and during at least not necessarily after, but most runners are. So right. um, it works for just about everybody. Yeah, no, that's so true. And just to recap for those who are just tuning in now, but I want to kind of think about what we talked about today. And Claire really talked about, you know, is a plant-based diet good for runners? Uh, she gave us a lot of benefits for us to consider if we were thinking about um, becoming plant-based. Um, I, I really like how you focused on the why and to think about what is, you know, are you just jumping on a plant-based running bandwagon, right? I, I think that's important that we need to identify what is our why. And I think if we're going to be successful with this type of nutrition and fueling option for our runs, I think we need to identify what that why is. And I, I like that you brought that up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Claire talked about is um, if we're following plant-based nutrition, 
do we need a supplement? So you brought it up a lot of important um, supplements that you may consider if you are going to be using plant-based nutrition. And you gave us some great strategies for pre-run as well as post-run that we can utilize following kind of plant-based uh, principles. And you did clarify my uh, gripe or my questions with milk out there. And I have tried rice milk before. And I can honestly say that I did not enjoy rice milk. I don't like rice milk either. <laughs> I don't, I really don't. I don't like rice milk. <laughs> yeah. So I am sure there are going to be many runners who learned something today and would like to learn more on kind of how you work with runners and, you know, whether it's through the planted runner or runners connect or run to the top podcast, how can they get in touch with you? Well, I actually have a freebie for your listeners and your viewers. So um, it is the ultimate fueling guide for runners, and it can be used for vegans, non-vegans, plant-based, plant-curious, whatever you are, <laughs> anybody can use it. Um, the ultimate fueling guide for runners, and you can grab your copy for free at theplantedrunner.com slash join. So J-O-I-N. And um, that will give you a free download to that information. And um, we'll also, I blog uh, all about running, training, nutrition at theplanetofrunner.com. And so you can join me there. Um, you can also find um, more about Runners Connect at runnersconnect.net. Um, but to work with me personally, you'll want to hang, go over to theplanetofrunner.com. Excellent. Thank you for dropping those. And I'll certainly drop them in the show notes. And within our Facebook live stream, I just dropped that link um, there. So you guys can click on that link now and go there uh, to check out all of the amazing things that Claire is doing. And also, if you guys found this helpful and you're watching on Facebook, hit that like, hit that love button. It would just help this show up in more of our Healthy Runners news feeds. So when they go to settle down later, maybe after work and they open up Facebook, they'll actually get some enjoyable content and they're going to learn something that can help them with their running. So we would appreciate that. And um, we appreciate your time, Claire. I know you were very busy. You got a lot of things going on and this has been an absolute treat, honestly, to have you on the podcast because I've listened to your voice for so long during my runs and you've been keeping me company during my runs. So I thank you very much for coming on my show. Well, I appreciate the offer and you're going to be on my show soon. So that will be a treat for my listeners. Yeah, I can't wait for that. That's going to be exciting. And thank you all who jumped on the Facebook Live. And if you're listening on the Spark Your Training YouTube channel or on the podcast, please, if you think this is helpful for any of your runner friends, you know, copy the link share it with them so we can get this information out to more runners to help them in their running journey. Remember every week we go live within the Healthy Runner Facebook group. So keep us in mind in your schedule so you can get your questions answered. Thank you again. And as always, remember, stay active, stay healthy, and just keep running. Bye guys. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Runner Podcast. Can I please ask you for a couple of favors? Can you subscribe to The Sucker wherever you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever so you never miss another episode? You'll be notified when a new episode drops every Thursday. Can you also please leave me a rating and review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts? What I want you to do is to tell them how awesome you are as a runner and then tell them what you have liked most about the show. I love to hear what you have to say. I read all of them and it means a lot to me. 
If you haven't seen the video version of this podcast, then head over to youtube.com forward slash spark your training. And you can see the video version as well as our full video library of exercises that are specific to your running on the spark your training YouTube channel. Also, if you like the content in this podcast, then you will like the community even better. Head over to our Healthy Runner free Facebook group so you can get all the bonus content, blog articles, and get your questions answered by myself and our team of Healthy Runner coaches. The fifth and final thing I want you to do is that you can help this podcast out by taking a screenshot wherever you're listening, whatever episode, and put it in your stories on Instagram and tag me. That is at sparkyourtraining. If you do this, I'll give you a shout out and repost it, sharing your running wins while listening to the podcast. More importantly, we'll be able to share this information with a lot more runners because that is the goal, guys. We want to get this information in front of as many runners as possible to help them stay healthy so they can stay on the road doing what they love. So take a screenshot, share it on Instagram stories, and tag me in it. You can also find out how I help runners as well as our brand new Healthy Runner Strength Program by visiting our website, sparkyourtraining.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I just love our Healthy Runner family. And remember, guys, let's stay active, stay healthy, and just keep running. Until next time.
to go somewhere where uh, she can eat happy. And then Latoya agrees that she loves that app as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nice. So good suggestions uh, on there. And our friend, uh, Jamie Miles from our wonderful sponsor, Knox Gear, um, actually submitted a question as well. And she was wondering if there's any ideas for someone who has food allergies to milk, banana, and avocado. It seems that a lot of the great fueling ideas involve either bananas or avocados. <laughs> so any kind of food choices for someone in her situation? Okay, well, it sounds like she's trying to make smoothies or something. So the milk <laughs> the, the milk question we've kind of uh, gone over. So there's a billion different kinds of milk out there. Just choose your favorite. So can't do nuts, then you can do coconut. If you can't do coconut, you can do flax. You can do, you know, soy. There's lots of choices on milk. So milk is super easy to avoid. Um, bananas, I, again, it depends on what you're using the banana for. If you're, if you're using a banana just to eat straight, choose another fruit. <laughs> you know, I love um, medjool dates. Uh, one of, you know, we talked earlier about recovery food. So the perfect recovery snack is taking a medjool date, 